How to be concussed is a conversation from and with a concussed brain. My name's Timothy Giles, and having been working my way through my third concussion and the least damaging one, I want to take the opportunity of having these conversations with you and hopefully help you through your experience of it. Possibly, I think, the hardest part of relating to a concussed brain is maintaining your relationships with other people. Work relationships fall over really rapidly. Somehow, however, Eve Samard, we've managed to work even though you experience all of the impacts of my concussed brain and the many different behaviours that are undesirable around that. Kia ora, Eve. Kia ora. How are you, Tim? I'm curious about how to be concussed. Given what you've experienced, you're here to have a conversation. Who, who do you want to have the conversation with? Who would it benefit? For me, I'm talking to people who are living with concussion, right? And those who are stuck with them in their life, family, friends, colleagues. Well, for me to interact with you is a choice. So I think that when we first met and started talking about building a working relationship, you were very upfront about your concussion and what it looks like, even though we didn't really, it was a very short conversation. It wasn't a very long one, but I knew enough about concussions to know like the extreme end of it because I'm a cameraman and I was very early on in my career. I did some Middlemore type show. And Middlemore Hospital. Yeah. So you know that Middlemore show where they, they used to film in hospitals? No, I know the hospital, but yeah. So anyway, I was, in, I was in an emergency ward filming and somebody with a concussion came in and, oh my God, they were so violent. And my initial reaction was, oh, screw that guy. You know, like, why would you want to help him? Because he was violent. And the nurse said to me, it's the concussion. He fell down the stairs. He hurt his head. And that's why he's shouting at us. And it's okay. It's the concussion talking, not him. He's not like that, I'm sure. And wow, it really opened my eyes to how much a brain injury can be like that. And then you start looking around and you see evidence of that. Car crashes or shock or trauma or, you know, people are violent. <laughs> it, it, it tra- I don't really understand how it works. I just know that it does that. So I think I had never been close to someone like yourself, and let alone entered a relationship of the nature that we have. So for me, it was really a case of, well, how much am I prepared to take? Uh, How much am I prepared to take on? In terms of crappy behavior, do you mean? Well, in any sort of behavior that is unusual, (laughs) right? And here's the thing, right? Um, Got plenty of that for you. (laughs) Well, an unusual behavior can take a lot of can look a lot of different ways. It can be everything from irritation to biting back to complete disorientation. And I often need to remind myself, like, oh, that's the concussion talking. It's not him. I know it's not him. Why? Because I know. (laughs) And for me, it was really simple. It was just removing that layer of being upset by it. So if you said something that hurt me, I'd just go, forget about it. Just walk away from it or leave it alone and come back to it. It's funny because your initial reaction is defensive, but then when you kind of go, oh yeah, I chose to be a part of this relationship, I knew there would be things like this, and it's okay, we'll we'll pick up where we left off. And I don't know if you've ever noticed, but we never talk about it. I never go, you know that thing you said to me? I never, because what's the purpose of rehashing? 
if those things are really hurtful to me, I would bring it up. But no, I, what off a duck's back, you know, because I know that entering a relationship with you could have those kind of outcomes. That sounds pretty shitty to me. <laughs> well, for, because when you say, okay, well, I don't know if you've noticed, we've never talked about it. I'm like, yeah, we haven't. And even this conversation, <laughs> you time. knew I was doing this podcast, yeah. right, as my you know, little recovery project. Even though you're a professional in researching stories and telling stories with your work as, as a cameraman and director and producer, right? No, no, I'm just going to come in and do it fresh, do the conversation fresh. Mm. So you didn't want to have the conversation before we turned the microphone on. We've never had a conversation about it. And I'm, no, I haven't noticed that we didn't talk about stuff because I'm oblivious to when I offend you and when I say things when you've said something that hurts me. I'm oblivious that I've said these things that have hurt you. I'm oblivious to the times when you said, oh, that's the concussion talking, that's not him. Yeah. Well, well I, I, that's I, horrible that I am that guy and I create that in your life. That's not, I don't like that. Well, it only came out just now. So <laughs> I, I, I said I haven't premeditated this whatsoever. So because I wasn't sure. What I wanted to tell you was that I knew what I was getting involved with and that's it. I take it good and the bad. The flip side of this is actually worth exploring if we can circle back to this in a second. The flip side is this is that I think you're brilliant. And I don't know if that's the concussion that did that. Because I knew you before, you were a fun guy. And we had good times. And I always thought you were quite smart and intellectual. And I really enjoyed being around you. And yet, for some reason, post-concussion, that never changed. I still think you're brilliant. I still think you're smart. I think your ideas are incredible. And it's impossible for me to gauge. I just know that it's worth going through. Because... I really enjoy spending time with you. So I guess the, the highs are high, and, but I, I don't really see the low lows. We're still professionals as well as, as acquaintances and friends. And, you know, we don't go on camping trips or anything. So. <laughs> but my point is that, yeah, when you say things like that, yeah, of course, my first reaction is, hey, that's, that was really harsh. But then I know not to chase it because why chasing it would just aggravate it and make it worse. And then the next day it doesn't matter. So that's why I appreciate that you feel hurt, but then it doesn't hurt me because I know what I'm signing up for. Does that make sense? I'm wondering for someone who is stuck in a relationship now, whānau, like a family member, a relative, mm. a, a mate, mm -hmm. a partner, who gets concussion and we change, our personalities change. And you are able to let stuff go and tomorrow it doesn't matter, right? That sounds like a difficult thing. I have the ability of taking a break. So if I find that, and I can see it with you, you know, you you sleep a lot, you're agitated, you have a lot on, you, you're, you're pressure, you deal with pressure very differently to other people I know who have high-pressured situations. And I know that the best thing to do is just to give you a break. But I also know that for me, sometimes I need a little bit of a break because you can be a bit full on. Now, that is not a bad thing. There are people who don't have head injuries who are worse than you, way worse. And those people, I need a big break. I unfollow on Facebook, you know, like, <laughs> because they're insane, right? Or whatever it is that's going on in their lives. So. 
I know you're focused on the fact that there's, uh, I use the word hurt, but oh my God, there are people without head injuries who are far greater than that. And they're far harder to manage, even as work relationships. But they don't have the upside that you've got, <laughs> you know, they, they may not be as brilliant. So the, the advice that you would have for, I mean, I, I, I've got some thoughts in a moment. The point for me in these how to be concussed conversations, mm-hmm. uh, when I first got my brain injury from the first really big concussion, it took me quite some time to realise I wasn't well. When I did, I really struggled to find things that would help me adapt to realising that I wasn't well and, and how, how, what is this condition? How do, how do I live with this? What does it mean? So that's what I'm hoping to do in here is that there's someone who was like me who's gone, okay, I'm, I'm not great now. Right, I've got this issue. How do I deal with this? So that's what I'm hoping to do. The other side, I think, is for people who brain injury walked into my daughter's life, right? It walked into her mum's life. They didn't choose it, but there it was. And those of us who get concussion lose many, many, many relationships. And some of us lose all of them, the majority of them. If the upside is, you know, I'm very lucky, I think, that my daughter chose to stay in relationship with me, my stepkids chose to stay in relationship with me. Their mum, who chose to absolutely stand by me, even it's been hard. Now, in the work thing, as you know, many of my work stuff hasn't worked out. And I know a lot of that's about my behaviour and difficulties. How do you be in relationship with someone who's concussed? Well, for one, to address the working side is that there, there has been nothing that has happened between us that would, in my mind, want me to terminate our relationship. Some things have dragged out, some things are slow, some things, you know, uh, you don't return calls in the way that I would like and you don't, uh, you don't answer the phone when I want you to. But, you know, like I said, that's kind of normal. And if I know what I'm in for, then that's what it is. You don't turn up to meetings. (laughs) There's tons. You don't turn up to meetings. You react gutturally, right? You'll come hard on on me on something. Oh, blah, blah, blah. And and then you go, whoa, that was the hurtful bit. There was a couple of those. And I've had to kind of just go, well, that's not true, number one. And number two, he might feel that way, but it's because he doesn't quite understand. And and what I realized early on is that, oh, I just don't engage in the fight. It's not worth fighting for. It's not worth arguing about. It's not worth any of those things. Give it 24 hours, it's forgotten. And I wish more people were like that, <laughs> you know, like we end up engaging in fights and then they hang on for years. But with you, we can pick up, we can salvage what's there. We can reform it, even though there are a lot of those normal traumas. You just from my perspective, just seem to hit it in a more acute way. And I realize that this is my choice to be here. So so therefore, I choose to deal with it. And I found my rhythm in dealing with that. And it's nothing, it's not even much more than that. It would be no different if you had something else that made you different. And you, as a work colleague or a friend, you would just simply adapt to those differences. I find what we're collaborating on is so good and it's so worthy and it comes from such a good place. And I have yet to find someone who's able to achieve that or that I could achieve that with. And I feel like we're moving at a fine pace. So that's why to me, those things, they don't really matter so much, you know? The shortness of temper, the overreaction, the forgetting stuff, the being overly dramatic, the being unreliable, (laughs) all those things. 
All those things. Yeah. <laughs> but you do realize that most of the people I work with have something like that. Yeah, but I'm like the bonanza sampler pack where it all comes in one I think, you're, I think you're hard on yourself. I think you're very hard on yourself. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah, I do. I think you're, I think for you, it's far worse than what it is, which is another reason why I don't bring it up. Because if I go, Whoa, and then all of a sudden it becomes a bigger thing and I just go, oh my God, that's not what I meant. And I don't want it to be that. And what do you mean? Like my reaction is, um, it's a bigger thing for me. What do, what do you mean? I think you're very sensitive about what other people think about your situation. My brain injury stuff, my yeah. concussion behaviours. Yeah. I think you're hyper aware. So therefore, my job in my thing is, <laughs> you know, and there's been a few things on it. I, I can't think of a perfect example, but I do remember on a shoot, you were biting back at me over and over. And I just had to go, whoa, enough. Let me do my thing. And then and you backed off. And then we never talked about it again. And it just needed to be, I think it was just a bit of a reset. I think watching the way that you behave, you were really upset. And in reality, I wasn't that upset. And because why? Because I know that you're like that. You know, you just need to trust me. <laughs> and it's tough because I appreciate you really care what I think. And you really care that I'm upset. And you really care about those things. And I think that comes from a good place. And why in the world would I want to step all over that? So that's what I mean. It's like, it's a, it's a hyper relationship that I've entered in, in that, but I know that the payoff is really good. And you know, and, mm. um, and you call and you check up on me, you know, because you want me to call and check up on you. I get that. It's an important place to be. So that's why um, mm. I think it's a bigger deal for you than it is for me, because I know where I am. But I can appreciate that you know, we all have our little nuttiness things and you kind of go, if I come too hard, I, I'll ruin this relationship. So, but I get that. And, and as long as you can understand that it's not quite like that. <laughs> Time to wrap. And you refuse to allow me to do any pre-production thought or planning. <laughs> but I'm interested in a moment to get what your concluding thought would be. When you said I'm hyper aware and I am sensitive to the people's experience of my concussion and brain injury and, and the behaviours that I know that I bring and I don't want to. Mm. You know, I'm emotional now, I'm tearful and, right, so absolute evidence that what you say is true. And the thing that I'm taking away is that I am overly sensitive and hyper aware around that and there's an opportunity for me to be a little easier on myself around that and accept that other people have some crappy behaviours as well, even when they have greater control of themselves. They can still do crappy stuff. So that's what I take away. What, what would your concluding conversation be on how to be concussed in a work relationship? <laughs> you know, as I was listening to you, I, I was thinking that it was my perspective as a colleague, I don't know if where I would be if I was a friend, a family member, a lover or anything. Those things are become exponential surely in those environments. But from a friend working relationship, and I do probably consider myself more of a friend than a colleague, you're hyper aware, but I'm also hyper aware. I'm, I'm aware that the things I can do can circle in your mind and blow up. So I don't say, I, I, word, I word it in different ways, or I listen, 
I listen in different ways or react differently. It's been quite a, um, for me as well, quite a discipline because you're not having a normal, air quotes, conversation, normal relationship. It's it's different. And, and I presume, and I'm not an expert here, but I presume it's different with any, all concussions. Every concussion would be different in those things. Like what I'm learning from you may not apply to other people. So I think there are similarities in my conversations with other okay. people, going, yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. So, Otherwise, this conversation is a complete waste of time. <laughs> well, I hope not. If someone is in relationship with someone who is working through concussion, you know the difficulties that can be in that, what would you say to them? So for me, I had to change my thresholds. My compassion threshold had to go higher. My understanding threshold had to go higher, but also getting annoyed or irritated had to go lower. And I remember I was at a colleague's place waiting for your phone call. Like, why are you here? Well, I have a meeting with Giles. And he's like, why isn't he ringing? That was an hour ago. And I said, yeah, it's just what it is. And he goes, doesn't that frustrate you? And I realized, because this had happened like two, three times in a row, right? <laughs> and I realized that, of course, it's frustrating because why I made a trip into town for nothing. And But I just changed my approach. I now, when I come to the city to meet you, I piggyback other jobs so that if you bail out, that I carry on. And because you bail out and you might feel really, really bad for it. I knew what I'm signing up for, meaning I've made other plans and it doesn't hurt me. When I get the text, I go, oh yeah, that's fine. And I move on and it's forgotten. And I think we probably need more understanding like that in life in general. You know, that's what you've taught me is that I just let things go, let it go. It doesn't matter. So anyone entering a relationship with someone who's concussed, I would say, try to understand those quirks change and adapt your thresholds. And to me, you just got a wide berth. I just give you a wide berth because the payoff is great. And that's what I focus on. And those also sound like, as he said, more of that in life. Those sound like pretty good skills to bring to parenting, to other relationships, to, right? All things a little more gently and that yeah. not be quite so, that actually doesn't matter if that doesn't quite work out that way. That's right. So you bail out of a meeting. I don't even remember what day or what. So what? <laughs> <laughs> How to be concussed. Workmate. Insights. Thank you, Eve. You're very welcome. <laughs>